Action Park Media. All right, welcome to Ramble on the uh, official podcast of the unofficial television show. <laughs> Ted Foxman is back from his, uh, you know, not great battle with hiatus. COVID. Yeah, how you doing? You better. I'm good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm feeling. Yesterday I felt pretty good. Today I'm feeling pretty good. So uh, it's a little bit of a probably a holdover of kind of like a sinusy thing, but. I'm hardly coughing. I don't need to blow my nose. I'm negative for the last three days. I'm I'm good. All right. Well, we probably don't need to get into your nose blowing, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you you gave us some details. But uh, and my my phone is recording every word I say for some weird reason. So, um, I think uh, it's interesting. You you got your son's bar mitzvah this week. We're supposed to be we are shooting in 13 days. Our new opening, yep. and uh, it seems the stress is growing. And I don't think we had any the first time around. All of a sudden, it's uh. It's getting real. So how are you feeling? Uh, I can definitely feel the stress in the air. I think that there's, you know, a lot riding on getting this right. And, you know, we now have this another, you know, external. It's weird. When we when we filmed in February, you know, we, we had eight days of shooting or whatever it was. I, I don't really think I thought about COVID once we started shooting. I mean, we were we knew it was something that was on the books. We knew we had to expend money on it and all that kind of stuff, but oh, I wasn't I, like, "Oh my god, we we're we're going to likely get shut down." So now everyone need, everyone needs to understand because there's these lunatics out there that think they like to be like, "Oh, you're scared of COVID." Forgetting whether we're scared of COVID or not, it's irrelevant. What we're talking about is the unions will not let you shoot if anyone has COVID. So they will shut your shoot down. It's going to cost more than $20,000 for this one day of shoot just for COVID testing. So it is completely irrelevant whether we believe in COVID or not. Although Ted has been sick for 10 days, I was in COVID protocols cuz I was in a booth with you and then my daughter got sick. So yeah. the last 10 days I've just been waiting to test and the real reason uh, I don't want to be sick and on any level, but of course. the real reason is I want to make sure I'm okay to shoot on the 15th. Gotta be. So, um, a lot riding on it. So, and COVID, what I said to you the last time, I said it'll be gone like a week after we shoot. Yeah. I, I actually thought it was a, a big problem when we were filming because there was a surge going on. So the reality is, is if someone tests positive, especially one of the actors, that's it. There's no money coming back. There's no anything. You're yeah. just, you're, you're no, screwed. It's screwed. So now I feel like we're entering the same thing. I read the news today, COVID surging in LA. So yeah. the guild, the unions, the writers guild, directors guild, screen actors guild, they were supposed to possibly change the, uh, the, the stuff. Off, uh, the rules on April 30th. And now, since the numbers are all rising, I'm pretty sure they're not going to change those rules. Uh, it so, seems that way. Oh, wait, it already is April 30th. I it's don't even May know what 3rd. happened. Yeah, it's May 3rd. So anyway. I haven't gotten any word from our production crew that says we don't have to worry about COVID anymore. So that's uh, that's a shame. All right. So we're, we're, we got that going for us. We've got actors now, you know, on edge. You know, I think that... Um, Again, we're moving at such super warped lightning speed, but at the end of the day, at least me, I mean, there was no one else driving to get this new opening scene besides me, and I know I'm right, but I think everybody else thought we were done five weeks ago, and we should have sold it already, so now they're they're getting anxious, because nobody has contracts, and... Um, you know, we, we've got some other, some lunatics out in the uh, atmosphere who also have, you know, think things are owed to them that they're not. But um, so I don't know. Are you feeling any different about what's going on right now? Are you starting to feel what independent filmmaking is about? 
I definitely am feeling the first level of stress that I was not feeling the first time around. I, I, you know, look, you start, it starts to get in your head of all the things that could possibly, you know, throw a wrench into your plans. Right. And it's life. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's anything you can do about it. Like you can either stay home or you can get a job and take a paycheck that's safe. Otherwise you're an entrepreneur and I'm, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So, and these are, nothing's guaranteed again. And, and, I've done, like I've said before, I did two independent films that both sold to studios. I did a short film that sold to Showtime and aired on Showtime. Yep. But every one of those had pitfalls that we really had zero uh, up until the last, I don't know, three weeks. I don't find the the opening thing a pitfall. It's a, it's a shame. It's a pain in the ass. It's expensive. But I feel yeah, it's a it's a delay. Like it, it's not. I don't. I don't consider it a pitfall. In fact, I think we're getting a chance to improve on something that was already great. Yeah. So, but it is. It, there's no doubt that we've now taken another month and a half, two months by right. the time it's over. And everyone, so you understand when you make an independent film, it's done. You then go and try to sell it. This is a very different thing. We're going and saying to whoever we go to, hey, we now want to make more of these. And we're not going to pay for them all ourselves. Frankly, I cannot afford that. And, yeah, me neither. Uh, and I guess Ted cannot either. That's debatable. But um, so, <laughs> so, but you know, that's the plan. Know. So normally, you know, as as Kevin Connolly has spoken about on this podcast and others, when you do a pilot, you sign a six year contract, which means you are committed to this show and any other offers that come to you while this thing is being made or before anyone picks it up, you cannot accept because you're stuck in this thing. And if the show ultimately doesn't go, you might've missed some really great opportunities, but that's what you get paid for. But our actors, we gave them nothing. (laughs) We, we gave them scale. They all worked for nothing. And now some of them are getting anxious because they want to, they want paychecks. So, um, well, I think they want to know that they're going to be working on this project. And if they're not, they, in their head, they probably have to kind of move on. And right? d- that completely makes sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, it's stressful for us. So it is. And, and we had such a good la- week last week. Uh, we talked about it, um, a couple of weeks ago. We thought producer Ted had come up with a great idea for Tremel Tillman, but I really did. it was not his idea at all. It was all mine. So, um, wow. but How did do that you feel happen? bad about that or no? I feel I feel like I just got robbed. I mean, we right. were talking about it. I said I think the perfect guy is the guy from Severance. It just happened to be different than the person you thought was right. the perfect guy that I was talking about. But I feel like I put us on that track. All right. So, but now contribution. You've, now you've brought yourself back because we had another role to cast, and uh, you know if. If anyone wants to know how the casting process goes, I mean, uh, we've cast 90% of the show with no auditions. It's been, we've found people from other things that we like and we did again. So, uh, Ted called me up. We're looking for this part, um, for this opening scene, which I hope and pray we right now have a 26 minute pilot, which is missing the opening scene. I honestly think it's a 10. I really believe that. Um, and I want this scene to be Right now, my goal is for it to be the best scene of the whole show. So you came up with an idea for this actor who's I freaking did. great. So um, You want to hear the story and the, the connection of that actor? Yeah. So uh, I have a friend uh, back from Chicago who lived in the town o- over from me. His name is Pete Jones. Pete Jones is the winner of the first season of Project Greenlight. So for anybody who's a film connoisseur or buff or interested in the in the business... 
Pete Jones won that that competition. Right, so with let me just explain that. Affleck and Damon. I'm sure nobody knows what that is except Kevin Connolly, who unfortunately is not sitting in, but was obsessed with Project Greenlight, as was I, and I believe it's on HBO Max. Yes. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon did a show that's you know like any other reality competition show, except. They find a script, a director, and I don't even remember exactly if they finance it or not, but it is they develop it. It is just an awesome look at independent filmmaking yep. and all of the stuff that we're talking about that'll go on, except this is on a level with with people who've never done it before. So yep. it's it's really great. And Pete Jones, uh, when I called Connolly up, immediately was like quoting lines from Project Greenlight, which has got to be <laughs> more bizarre. than a decade old. Oh, I think but, it's maybe uh, 15, 16 years at least. But that's how much we loved it when it was on. And I think I am going to revisit it. And I'm actually excited about it. Everybody else should look at it, too, because it was... It was comedic, but it was also awesome. And Ben and Matt, who obviously wrote Goodwill Hunting and won Oscars for it, yep. you know, they were intimately involved in looking for the best script Very. and hiring the best director. So Pete Jones won the competition first year. Yep. Got to make that film, right? He it was did. Like the Irish Brothers or something like that? Or? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember the entire uh, theme of that movie, but uh, a, a, one of my closest friends who you know, Ted Busby, he was uh, trading and working with Pete's brother. And when Pete was looking for financing, Ted and, and his brother and other guys all uh, all put in money to make this film that was found during Project Greenlight. And, um, Do you remember the name of the film? Oh, God, I knew you were going to ask me. Uh, well, I, can't, I don't remember. We should, we should. We'll, find, we'll find that out. But um, so when I sold my business back in 2008, the very first call I made was Pete. Hey, man, want to write a script with me this summer? And he's like... Yeah, I actually have a little bit of a lull because I just came off of Hall Pass. So if you've seen the movie Hall Pass, which is a great comedy, uh, it features uh, Jason Sudeikis, who now has blown up completely from um, from uh, Ted, what, Lasso. Ted Lasso and uh, and Owen Wilson, who's great as well. And one of the actors who played one of their friends in Hall Pass is this great, hilarious guy who you've seen in many other places. Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Jim Belushi Show. Jim Belushi Show, which, uh, you know, I think he took over that show, uh, even though Jim is great. He, he was just, he's such a star in my mind, and he fit just the kind of mold we've been, we've been, we've been inserting into this project. You know, the Harvey Guillens and, and, and Jalissa and all, the, all these people who are tremendous and great and, and really on the rise. And Larry is, has been working in Hollywood for a very long time. And he immediately came to mind when we were thinking about, like, who's the guy who's going to play this role? Mm -hmm. um, and when I suggested it to you, you were like, yeah, that's exactly the guy I'm looking for. And so I said, well, let's see if we can get him. Were you stressed when uh, you suggested it that maybe, uh, <laughs> that maybe it was a misunderstanding? A <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the guy from Wedding Crashers. Yeah, Vince Vaughn would be great for this. Yeah. Let's get him. No, yeah. uh, not, not that one. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I instantaneously remembered him from – he's in Wedding Crashers for – Nothing. Maybe maybe twenty six seconds. But it's really memorable. It's he super gives that memorable. Speech at the at, yeah. at the wedding, and uh, I'm really excited. So similar to the other actors, Tramel Tillman and Harvey Guillen, I got on a Zoom with him, and yep. you know it, this is. Uh, I was talking about this with Connolly on Victory before. There are no small roles, and and that's not the cliche of there are only small actors. Blah blah no. blah blah blah. This is the first person we're going to see on this show. 
and we want him to pop the same way, you know, because I got some calls actually this week from people who were at our screening that was like, Harvey Guillen should have his own show. I'm like, well, I think he has and like guess six what? I think of he them. has a few of them. <laughs> but you got a really good eye, you know, which is similar to what happened to me. I watched yeah, Reacher thank and you. thought I discovered the guy, but he's already got a great career. But I think the same thing with Larry Joe Campbell, right? Yeah. So I think... Uh, I think he's just going to be awesome. And uh, I'm trying to get a little table read, meaning uh, we get on a Zoom from around the world, wherever everybody is. And tomorrow, I'm hoping this happens. We just get on. It's a five-page scene. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's weird because uh, five pages, I've thought about it, is it's like 12, 13% of the whole show. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a big deal. And, and, you know, who knows? We may edit it shorter. We may improv and it'll be longer. But... I spoke to to Larry, and then you were on that call, and I explained to him the same thing I do with everybody else. How I like to work, I know I can tell just by watching him. He's an improv guy. Yeah. He likes to have freedom and this and that. And I said, you know, any actor that's ever worked with me will tell you, just get what's on the page, and then we'll fuck around and do anything. And if it works, which Harvey's got a bunch of improvs in the show, yep. um, we'll we'll make it happen. So I'm just I, I want to get on the set. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm just like, now this COVID thing, which again, my daughter had it. She now has strep throat. Uh, it, it, it's it's just... The hits just keep on coming. No, but I'm serious. It's just like illness is just... And, and forgetting whether you're scared of dying from COVID, okay? You know, if you can't go to work, you can't go no, to work. Being sick sucks for anybody. Yeah, like, nobody being likes sick being well, sick. Yeah. And, and being under the threat of, of, you know, this has not been like a normal, oh, you know, I have a sniffle. I still go out. I still run my life. I still get on a plane. Like, you feel like you're contributing to a pandemic. So, uh, you know, for me, I stayed, you know, the, the county, which is amazing, by the way, the county health department calls you when you test positive. Mm. And I got a call and they told me I could go out after day six. I stayed home because I, I was like, look, there's nothing that I'm doing that's worth infecting anybody else. Like, I don't want anybody else to go on with this. So, well, I, you know, I, you got to it is a real it's a real factor for it, people. It is for sure. But I, I didn't want to go off on covid. Really, I wanted to talk about the stress that it's putting on the production. Yeah, and, of course. You know, our budget, it, it keeps going up. So, you know, it, there would have been a great documentary about the whole making of this show, wherever it ultimately yeah, finds itself. For sure. But, you know, I agreed I, I agreed to, to $45,000 in additional expenses coming out of my pocket tomorrow. And I'm telling you, like, it's starting to, it's starting to hurt. So are you, are <laughs> really? you, are you feeling, well, it, it, it doesn't matter what your number is versus yeah. my number, which you can feel free if you want to tell what your number <laughs> no. is. But, but the truth is, More. is it's starting to hurt, you know? And, well, um, it's definitely, it's definitely climbing and that adds to the, that adds to the gravity of the situation. But you know what? For me, I know we are going to be triumphant. Mm -hmm. So this is, I feel like this is all part of the story. Yeah. Every time I, I feel like, oh, I might get a little anxious or a little bit nervous or I start thinking or getting in my head, I just say, this is going to be part of the story. Yeah. It's a, it's a chapter in the book. Yeah, it really, it, it is a great story. And it, it, one of the things you weren't in Hollywood yet, so I don't know if it was, uh, if the stories were coming to Chicago then, but what Titanic was being made, yeah. the stories were legitimately catastrophic. Yeah, disastrous. This movie is an absolute disaster. It's a hundred million over budget. James Cameron, a hundred million over budget. As I, yeah, so I'm on forty five thousand yeah. over my budget. But, uh, uh, but James Cameron, I believe, had either put in his own money or reworked his deal to be responsible, whatever for. And I honestly remember. 
I was in the, I believe the new Beverly, which Quentin Tarantino now owns that theater. And I was watching something, I think I saw the Titanic trailer, which the word was, this movie is horrible. It's going to be a bomb and this and that. I remember seeing the trailer, forgetting all the love stories, which all the young girls love. I remember seeing the boat and the, and the sinking and going, holy, holy shit. shit. Yeah. Like I will be at this movie. Yeah. I saw one. it. I saw it opening night. But even that, the movie didn't open up as a juggernaut. It just kept going. Yeah, no, people kept and building. going, and people saw it one, two, three, four, five times. But the thing with our show, for the moment at least, there's been nothing that's been catastrophic or disastrous or even problematic. Knockwood. Well, I, I know. I believe we're there now. I believe we're in. I believe we're in potentially disastrous situation right now because actors are feeling, you know. And, and just so you understand, if one of our actors were to go take another television show right now where they had to sign a six-year deal because they have no deals with us, yeah, then the show's over, even if it's the best pilot that's ever been made. Yeah, like then it'll be one of those things that we put on our Instagram stories, and people go, "Wow, that looked interesting." I can't believe I'm never going to see the whole thing. So, uh, those thoughts are are keeping me up at night. Um, yeah, I mean, look, look at anything. You you can you obsess over stuff, you know, which for you is a great strength as to how the work product comes out. But when you obsess over stuff in the wrong direction, it, you start it starts eating you alive. Yeah, and no, it's eating me alive right now. And I'm uh, trying to not let it get in my head. And That's what's, the best what's, I can do. what's eating me alive is um, I've never felt more confident about the work. I've also never felt more certain that we need this opening. Cause like I said, I mean, our cinematographer, Dave Perkle, he's like, you just, when you sell it, you just tell them you want to change the opening. No. And I we just, talked about that a couple episodes ago. Like you, you can't, you can't, you can't sell a brand new car design and go, well, just imagine it with tires and doors. Like yeah. you can't, you just can't do it. You got to sell the best, and look, we've put a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of money of our own to try to make this the best it can be. To now go, hey, there's another 10 or 12% at stake. Let's skip there. Like, uh-uh, that's just not my style. Like, I, I, I'm, if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't want to go. I, I, I really don't want to go down. <laughs> no, we're, I don't think we're going down, but I'm just saying we're not going to do it because, yes, stuttering. So we're just not going to we're not going to do it because we didn't do all the best that we could. That's just, I don't think that's part of your character. It's definitely not part of mine. Like, it's we so gotta sad, just though, because, you know, Martin Sheen put is your best our, foot forward. Martin Sheen is in our show and Hearts of Darkness, which uh, I just rewatched after. Uh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Hearts of Darkness is one of the greatest documentaries about filmmaking ever, ever made. And it's uh, one of the greatest documentaries. Ever made, Arguably, it, a lot of people like it better than the, the movie itself. So it's about Apocalypse Now and the making of Apocalypse Now. Martin Sheen was on the show and 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 had a uh, had a heart attack during Apocalypse Now when he was 36 years old. And Francis Ford Coppola, who was going bankrupt making this movie because he was putting his own money in. And I mean, they used to do sketches on Saturday Night Live about the disaster that was going on, yeah. I believe, in the Philippines when they were making this movie. I, I forget where it was exactly shot. But... We've had no disasters. We have one one guy Why do you keep saying it. Well, there's this one guy <laughs> who's like this fucking thorn in the side of life and ah, enjoyment. It. But forgetting that, everything else has been so joyous, yes. so easy. So it all went better than we could have hoped. Um, I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, every one of our actors was better than we even hoped they were going to be. Oh, you know? every every scene in my mind jumped off the page better than it was when I looked at it. I was like, wow, this this came out better. Like, Except I, the opening. Well, we're, we're fixing that. So, you know, in my mind, this is going to be great. 
And if somebody calls you up and says, hey, you have any advice? I'm a young filmmaker. I'm coming out of film school or I want to come out to Hollywood and pursue my dreams. You know, it's not good advice to go, hey, we don't have any problems. Everything's easy. No big deal. Like this is life. Like you, you have obstacles. You have things you have to overcome. You have curb. You know, I used to tell my kids all the time in the big leagues, you got to learn to hit the curveball. Yeah. But I also, I, I do tell a lot of people, you know, when you are making an independent movie, Try your best not to use your own money. And, and I'll tell you the two reasons why. The obvious one is because you'll end up living on the street. But the second one is, is <laughs> it, can, it can compromise the work when you are, are thinking that, oh, this is my money. Maybe I could do this easier. The good news, as I've said for Ted, is that he's been persistent in the, in the fact that he wants this to be the best thing it can possibly be. And obviously that's within reason, but the same for me, which is why I said, I'll throw another 25 grand in yesterday, really 45. Um, so I, I, it's just, but it is, it is keeping me up at night now. Um, because now, now my money's, my money's in there and, uh, you know, having skin in the game is often good. It's also something that, you know, is making me sweat. And the idea that I'm waking up every day and going, I can't believe, you know, normally I'm 54 years old. You go, time is moving so fast. I can't tell you how slow time <laughs> is moving like right now moved. to get to the set. Like yeah. I, it's all I want to do is get this on film in focus with proper sound. <laughs> and I just want it to be, you know, which is, it's a tough expectation when you're going, I want this to be the best scene of the show when you have six scenes, seven scenes that you already love, but it is my mission to do everything I can to make this the best scene in the show. I, I don't know what else to say. And I think because of that, our eyes on the ball, it's going to turn out great and it's going to open the show incredibly well and it's going to set the tone for the whole entire episode. And 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 I think everybody who views it is going to go, I didn't think you could have made this better. I can't believe you did it. Yeah, well, I, I hope that's the case. And uh, for everyone out there who's been listening to the podcast, which is great, our numbers are growing. Yeah. We're going to start getting guests on. We'll start getting more things. I think, as I said, between the COVID, Ted being sick, my daughter being sick, and you know us really scrambling to make this production happen. Because you know the difference is when you, when you do an eight-day shoot, if you add a ninth day, it's not going to cost what it's going to cost when you shut down for a month and have to come back and yeah. re-get your entire crew, which one of the reasons why we're not filming yet is because we wanted our crew back and we, you know, and, and a lot of them are working and, you yeah. know, they have to make money. These are people with families and commitments. And um, it's one of the things I, I really want to talk about because, you know, I want to try to remake how things are done in this business because below the line people, especially on an independent film, are so undercredited. Like, you go be the grip on uh, my big fat Greek wedding, and you go work and your ass off, and, you know, the person who created it goes and makes $100 million. And those people who, you know, were so important, who came in... Uh, yeah, they just got paid for the Yeah, day. and maybe, hopefully, and I don't, I don't mean to single out that movie, because maybe they all got bonuses no, no. that were great or whatever. But I hope that we can help and give, God willing, and great success, we can do something for all the people that really have come together. Um, and you see how I think you, you know now how important they all were. And when I was so specific about getting all these people back and, um, you know, they're the unheralded people and, you know, the, the writers, the directors, the actors, they get all the accolades, but especially in a show like this, when you have people like Gary Goldman, who I've worked with for 30 years and Jeremy Alter, who's working on this and Perkle, you know, these people are putting, 
you know, more money on hold to try to build something that can hopefully yep. solidify, you know, five-year future. So that's all I got to say this week. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of meditating and a lot of <laughs> really trying to fill my time because I really... 13 Ritalin, days. Xanax, whatever you need. No, no, that's that doesn't help. But 13 days till we film, and uh, hopefully we have some, I don't know, some good updates next week. But yeah, that's it for this. Ramble on. Ramble on. Ramble on.